This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961. AM 1170. The answer. Hurt my throat. That's great. Hey, a self-defense event happens in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about the USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. Big congratulations to Mike Pettengill. Welcome to the studio, Mike. Thank you very much. Mike from Personal Protection Academy. Uh, which is up in uh, up in, in the Inland Empire, and he's actually uh, on the uh, Inland Empire Gun Owners um, Advisory Board, and he is the Gun Prom Prize winner for uh, Gun Owners Radio episode Takeover. So here you are, taking it over. Jackson and I are going to take it all over. That's right. How you doing, man? Thanks for Good. being on. Good. Happy to be here. Yeah. How was Gun Prom? Oh, it was awesome. Um, we spent way too much on raffle tickets and <laughs> won too many prizes. It was great. <laughs> That's the idea. Carla did great. Everybody did great. It's awesome. Really Beautiful good venue. Event. And thank you so much for your generosity and your support and everything you do for Inland Empire Gun Owners. And I'm so glad you're here today. Yeah, we're, it's 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 fun to be here and happy to be here as a as a rep of uh, Inland Empire and and of uh, our company, Personal Protection Academy. Now you've met Alicia down on the other end there, right? Just now. Fantastic, a fellow instructor. Hey, Mike. And hey, Alicia. How are you? Good. 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 And of course, so maybe we should have we should have like an instructor on instructor like debate or something like that. Throw out like nine millimeter versus forty five, and you know AR versus AK, and You're Weaver always trying to Weaver, stump somebody. Weaver versus isosceles, and all the important uh, arguments. We Ford can, we versus Chevy. <laughs> we got to throw. No, it no in. that's not that's not. One. And then of course there's Action Jackson. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? Fantastic. I heard you had a you had a, a fun filled weekend. Uh, yeah, we, yesterday we went to a house party. <laughs> nice. A house party? That's awesome. Yeah. Is that like Animal House? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, just checking. He was the animal in that house. I knew he would be. Well, that's awesome. Well, it's good to see you, buddy. Um, okay, so why don't we do, why don't we go around the horn here? Let's start with Gail from San Diego, the executive director from San Diego County Gun Owners. Gail, are you there? I am here. There she is. How Yay. are you, Gail? <laughs> so what's going on with San Diego County gun owners? So this, well, I just want to say that our monthly meetings last month, thank you, everybody who came out. They were very well attended, and I hope that you all took away some information that was uh, very important to you. I'll tell you about what's going on this weekend. So yep. we do have a shooting social on Saturday at the gun range, San Diego. 
on again on Saturday. Uh, some of our amazing tabletop volunteers are going to be out at Josie's Hideout in Santa Isabel. And then some of our other amazing tabletop will be out at Precision Arms in Escondido. Fantastic. So we need, what do we need? We need folks to sign up and volunteer at the tabletops, right? Absolutely. That would be, that would be ideal. I know our guys would like the help. Um, our, all our tabletop leaders are amazing. So you don't have to know what you're doing a hundred percent to to volunteer at a tabletop. Yep. We'll train you. All you got to do is go to sdcgo.org slash volunteer, go to our volunteer page. And you can sign up, and uh, we'll train you. You get to go hang out at a gun shop and tell people about the Second Amendment and the organization, and uh, you'll never be alone. We'll always be trained, and it'll always be a good time. Awesome. Anything else? Uh, anything going on, Gail? I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay, fantastic, Gail. Thank you so much. Let's go on to Carla from Inland Empire Gun Owners. <laughs> I am here. Hi, Carla. How's it going? Good. How's it going? Fantastic. We got Mike Pettengill in the uh, in the studio here today. Hey, Carla. Awesome. I'm glad he finally cashed in his Takeover Gun Owners Radio uh, certificate that he won at Gun Prom. Uh, Mike and his wife Erin are uh, great supporters of the Second Amendment and fantastic advisory board members. That's awesome. That's very very cool. Very nice. So, yeah. what's going on with Inland Empire? What do you got? Well, we had our first shoot, shooting social of the new year on Saturday, which was well attended. Everyone had fun and had safe, was, were safe and learned lots of great uh, techniques. And it was uh, actually pretty even, three men, three women, so it was good. Um, our mentors were out there, you know, taking names and showing everybody what to do and how to, how to handle their firearm and transport their firearm safely. And then uh, this week we have, on Wednesday, we have the San Bernardino County uh, CCW at 7 o'clock on Facebook Live and on Zoom. Those links can be found on our website, iegunowners.org. And then we have two tabletops coming up on Saturday. The first one will be in Riverside County at Ammo Brothers in Paris, and the other one will be San Bernardino County at Blue Collar Firearms in Colton. And Trisha Kenny, who owns Blue Collar, is also a board member, and she has set up a fantastic deal. If you come out and visit our tabletop at Blue Collar and sign up, you get 10% off any firearm purchase or any ammo purchase. Or if you choose not to get a firearm or ammo, you get 15% off anything else in the store. Wow, that's cool. Trisha's the best. At Blue Collar, she she's the best. absolutely the best. What a, what a generous yep. offer. Thank you so much, Blue Collar Firearms. Please uh, check them out this Saturday. Check out the tabletop. You guys need volunteers for your tabletops? We usually are pretty good on volunteers. We have probably 10 that rotate in and out, so that's pretty good. But we always we always like new blood. Um, come out, see what it's all about. You don't have to work it, just kind of see. Because being a volunteer can be pretty intimidating if you don't feel like you know the the mission statement well enough but if you just come out and watch then it gets easier and you just start talking about what you're passionate about and that makes you an effective volunteer for us yes it does awesome carla thank you so much we're going to move on to orange county hey mike check this out that's a picture of uh of heather <laughs> she's the executive director for orange county okay that's the picture she sent 
and she said, here's what she said. <laughs> she said, hey, all, I'm at Glen Helen Racetrack, Adam's race, Adam's her, her guy, and had that a late start, reception's not good. She said she'll try to call in, but she couldn't. Wait, you're not here. I got it. Oh, you got it. I was going to read your whole message. (laughs) Hi, Heather. Hi. I just saw $5 on the ground, too. My day just got even better. Look at that. (laughs) All kinds of good stuff. All right, well, launch it. Tell us what's going on with Orange County Gun Owners. Uh, Well, we had a tabletop here this weekend at On Target shooting range in Laguna Niguel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to a lot of great folks, had a couple people sign up to be members. And uh, this we had our uh, CCW seminar online on Monday uh, last week. So we had, we had quite a few people call in for that. So hopefully we got some people started to get their CCW here in Orange County. Um, and then this weekend we have... Uh, it's going to be actually a double header at Ri- Rifle Supply because they have the, we're going to have a tabletop there Saturday, uh, and then they have a cars and coffee Sunday mornings where everybody comes and parks their cars, and uh, they actually have a contest for the top five cars. So uh, we'll be out there representing. Very cool. And so uh, yeah. go to Orange County what, what, for more information. What go to OrangeCountyGunOwners dot com or OCGunOwners dot com. Yes, OCGunners or OrangeCountyGunners.com. Um, we'll have some posts on our social media, too, on it, but you can go there to our events page, and it'll have it. Um, we have volunteer sign-ups if anyone's interested in joining us. Just like Carla said, um, we have um, people covering, but we would love to have more volunteers to learn how to do it and get involved. Awesome. Thanks, Heather. All right. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Stick around. we got a whole lot more right here for you. On Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, so Mike. Mike from Personal Protection Academy is in studio. Not only is Mike Pettengill a a fantastic firearms trainer, he's a board member with Inland Empire Gun Owners, and we really appreciate what he does for the Second Amendment community. More up with Mike next. But first, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call California firearms lawyer John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant, Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, Mike Pettengo, we already introduced you, of course. Winner of the uh, uh, Gun Owners Radio Takeover. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you so much for your uh, generation or, uh, generosity. Also, you know what I notice when I'm on Facebook? I think you share Inland Empire gun owner stuff more than anybody else in the whole Facebook universe. <laughs> my my daughter says that there's uh, only one class of person that's on uh, social media more than me, and that's twelve year old girls. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Got to have something to strive for. So, talk about uh, Personal Protection Academy. How did it, how did it all get started? What uh, give us the whole story. Yeah, so uh, this is actually my third career. So I worked in politics for 12 years. I worked in the state senate in Sacramento for 12 years. Uh, then I worked in uh, full-time Christian ministry for 16 years. 
Uh, and now my wife and I, uh, we've, we've been involved in the Second Amendment for, for a long time and, and um, really had, uh, before we were instructors, we had standing, uh, standing offers to any, any female that wanted to shoot, we take them to the range and shoot. And, and so hundreds and hundreds of folks over the, over the last couple of decades. And then uh, we started to move towards uh, being full-time instructors uh, before COVID. And then when COVID hit, everyone we knew bought a gun. Mm-hmm. put it in a box, put the box in their closet and felt safe. Mm. And that was just, that was too much. And That's so not how it works. No, no, there, <laughs> there's, there's a couple of steps missing uh, in there. And we've, and, and so we really, we specialized, we, we started the company and we really wanted to create um, a, a company that for the end user, it, it was people who were just horrified to step onto a range to begin with. Now, did you, uh, were you surprised by, um, the the you know did people that you never thought would would get a gun were they the ones that were getting the guns during COVID you know what I mean or did you have any like like any like tofu eating man bun wearing friends where you're just like that person never yeah no gun. absolutely and yeah, then you, boom you, yeah you guys have seen the statistics the uh, the lar- the group that increased the most during COVID in, in first time gun ownership was African American women and then uh, a lot of friends were who who uh, in the Southern California area uh, Korean Americans and and they felt they had to purchase guns during COVID because they were getting blamed for, uh, they're, they're not from China, but of course, but they were getting blamed by morons on the street for, for bringing this to their country. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, Asian Americans increased in, in first time gun purchase purchasing as well during that period. Uh, and, and it was just, it wasn't the people you'd think yeah. that, that really stepped forward and said, I, 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 I got to figure out how to do this. I got to protect my family. Yeah, it it was like the the local gun shop owners. It was almost like a contest. You know, they'd call me up and like, you know, Mike, uh, this uh, yoga instructor just came in and bought a gun. You know, and like there was like a contest to see how you know what, what, if they could outdo each other. But which I was happy to hear. I mean, obviously, COVID was horrible, and fear is horrible, and you know, any anybody that's that's afraid or whatever, all the things that you know, that's all horrible. I wish they they'd come to it under different circumstances, but the fact that they did come to, you know, what, what we all already know, which is a firearms, the most effective self-defense tool that ever created, you know, right. I'm glad they came to it. Um, and I'm glad that, that, that a lot of people I hear, you know, um, gun owners and business owners said, yep, that was the catalyst to get me even more involved. So I'm glad, I'm glad across the board. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, because of my, my background in politics, I've, I've still got a lot of friends uh, from that that era in my life and a lot of liberal friends and I, people who I hadn't talked to in years. I guess I was their only friend they knew who owned guns. So I was getting a lot of messages and saying, hey, could you help us, uh, uh, help me and my partner to, to get a gun? We really want to figure out how to protect ourselves. We, we don't feel comfortable now. There's a lot of folks that you wouldn't think uh, that it's not the stereotypical cliche of the gun owner and uh, a lot of folks are buying guns and, and that's what a lot of our, our customers are are folks that you wouldn't think as as stereotypical gun owners i would say the the, the majority vast majority of of our customers are first-time gun owners and are females well how, now how did you get into guns so um i'm a redneck kid um i i grew <laughs> up um shooting everything the wrong way pistols rifles shotguns um, where did where'd you grow up uh far north of sacramento so um in in the redneck part of, of uh, California, and uh, hunted and and uh, was very active in in outdoors 
uh, outdoors act, outdoor activities and and then went off to college and got less involved. And then uh, when my wife and I got married, we got a little bit more involved. She actually owns a, a Glock Gen 2 that she's owned longer than she's owned me. So uh, <laughs> her dad got that for her as a going away gift to college. And I think I, I think mine's a Gen 2. Where, where, what's the cutoff for Gen 2? Do you know? I don't. It's a, it's it, late in the 80s. Oh, well, then no. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Mine was manufactured in 94. You're probably a Gen 3. I guess it's a Gen 3. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, so. I was all excited. Yeah, well, get a Gen 1. <laughs> if you get a Gen 1, then. then uh, it's get, got no rail. Mine's got no rail. It's got no rail. Right. Mine was, they didn't, have, well, I don't know when, they, when did they start putting rails on guns? Late 90s at it's, least. It's easy to figure out with if you look at the uh, the grip, look at the frame, and then uh, with the way they did the stimpling and the and the finger grips and everything, that's easy to easy way to tell. Yeah. But so anyway, <laughs> got, got, got less involved in guns, um, through college, more involved when my wife and I got married and then, uh, got really active, um, started to get, um, instructor certifications for the heck of it, uh, started, uh, my father-in-law bought us memberships out at, uh, front sight, um, uh, firearms Academy out West of Vegas. And I ultimately became a, a an instructor out there and then just, Oh got, really? You were an instructor yeah, out there. Yeah. How yeah. was that? Um, well, since it's since uh, the non-disclosure agreement is null and void because they went they went under in, in November of uh, 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 of this last year, um, it was some of the best instructing I've seen and some of the worst management I've seen of, mm-hmm. of an organization, and that's what drove it under was uh, was Piazza, the guy who ran the thing, and uh, but the instructors, I tell you, the instru- in front of students, the instructors were tight-lipped oh we love how things are going this is great just 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 hold on everything's good you get the instructors at lunch break beside you know off to the side they're like what the heck is going on this is ridiculous how this place is being run that's too bad you know it's hard to i don't want to jump on them because i mean how many people you think went through there how many people you know for the who never maybe heard hardly touched yeah. a gun before how many people did he bring um at least to a level that was you know that that surpassed where they were at I mean, because he did a, he he was doing a good thing. Yeah, yeah. They they were they were running twenty to twenty five thousand people a year in their heyday through there. Yeah, and they introduced a lot of people to, to self self defense and which is can, great. Yeah, you can That's you great. can knock some of their some of their um, techniques and and when I there's there's a lot of things that that when I teach today I ignore I don't I don't teach that stuff. Yeah. And uh, but there's a lot of stuff that I hold over. I I teach a uh, I teach a. Um, uh, a drawing from the holster class, mm-hmm. ripped it straight off from front side, just stole it lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's good it's good technique. And um, I used to take their four day pistol just yeah. about every year. Yeah. And I, I even no matter what, I just took it because I liked you know once a year spending yeah. you know at least two, but usually about three days. Yeah. Terrible terrible phone service. <laughs> terrible phone service. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be distracted. <laughs> But just like, hey, this is a. It reminds me of. Uh, there's an old story about uh, Vince Lombardi and the Packers were were, were kicking butt and uh, uh, they went out and they lost a game and they, he brought them all out to the field and the first thing he said to them was, "This is a football." You know, it basically broke them all back down. He yeah. said, "I don't care what if you guys are world champions or not. Let's get back to basics." That's what front sight was for me. Yeah. You know, look, this is a gun. This is how you hold it. You know, um, and it, it prevented me from getting sloppy. You know, somewhat, or at least <laughs> help me, yeah. help me a little bit. I, but, uh, I, I've never was a fanboy of front sight, uh, but I, I I liked it for what it was. It, it, yeah. it, it introduced you to uh, to fun, new, to new techniques. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really focused on the fundamentals. The safety was really strong. 
uh, which is what a, a lot of a lot of what Alicia and I are doing is is no don't don't point your gun there no don't put your hand there that, that's not yeah. well I think what you just said is perfect I was I, you know never a fanboy but a lot of stuff they were doing was great yeah you know I yeah. don't think we need to I don't think we need to you know put them up on a on a pedestal it's no. too high but I don't think we need to trash them either. It well, is it what it is. Make any difference? They're gone. Yeah. yeah, they're gone. Well, somebody. So, do you know what? What can you tell us? Prairie, Prairie, Prairie fire. fire. So, so to start with, I mean, it was it was the poor man's gun sight, uh, you know, and everything right. everything comes from Jeff Cooper. Uh, it doesn't. You can you can dog the the techniques of Jeff Cooper and and gun sight and all that, but everything everything you call modern pistol today originates from there and and just tweaks from that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and then front sight, when it, uh, when it went under, it was when they went through, um, bankruptcy, they were bought out by a company called Prairie Fire that was in, uh, in Texas. And they, they focus a lot on, uh, defensive handgun work, but it's also, uh, it's a lot of competition work, which is cool. I do competition. I do shooting competitions, but it's not for everybody. And, and that's, that's a big central focus of what they do. Do you know, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you know... If you have a front sight membership, what generally? Where are you now with the Prairie Fires? Yeah, I, I, um, not that you're an official spokesperson, but no, what's I'm your not, understanding? I'm not, and and I, to be honest, I once it closed on November 30th, I just kind of le- it. left it behind, and yeah. and uh, but I know that I think it's for a year. Uh, don't and yeah, like don't quote me. It's for a year, I think. If you have a front sight membership they will give you a discounted membership at Prairie Fire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't know what the discount is, but uh, it, they're, they're trying to get front sight folks to, to just carry over to Prairie Fire. You know what I was always impressed with at front sight? I mean, I, I agree. They're, you know, the, the, the quality of the instruction was top notch, you know. But one of the uh, maybe the less obvious things is how people bonded with the instructors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just love the instructors. You, there, there'd be a small group of people in each class. They were going out for drinks and yep. dinner, and yep. you know, hanging out, and you know, and you'd, you'd request that instructor time and time again. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was fun uh, for me. The reason why uh, I was a a, 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 a part time instructor at Front Sight was uh, on. Dr. Piazza's dime, I would get to work a line with 40 students. Yeah. And I got to meet people uh, who had specific problems. I still have not come across as a private instructor. Uh, folks that had, uh, you know, paralysis and, and just fear and just, you know, great folks. Meet, meet a lot of neat people there. All right. We're going to come back and talk more right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County and self-defense rights. If you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, join ocgunowners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is do something is the do-something organization to restore and defend Second Amendment. Volunteer at a shooting social at a gun shop, tabletop, and help pro-gun locals officials get elected. 
Save the date. Orange County Gun Prom is May 20th. Become a member today. OCGunOwners.com slash join. So we're talking to Inland Empire Gun Owners board member and, of course, owner-operator of Personal Protection Academy up in Inland Empire, Mike Pettengill. So we were talking about uh, front sight. We were talking about how you got into uh, you know being an instructor and shooting and all that other good stuff. But let's take a step back and go into your. You said you worked for the uh, the state senate. Yeah, yeah talk, did, talk about that. Did policy anal- uh, analysis. Um, had a had a um, uh, poli sci degree undergrad and uh, went straight into lobbying and then then moved in in I think ninety six into the into the state capitol and. Um, as a conservative, uh, you you redefine what a victory is when you work in Sacramento. Uh, if you could make a ball a, a bill a little let, less uh, offensive, it was a good good win, right? And uh, but that was that was fun. It was it, uh, my whole time there was uh, bill analysis. So I'd read uh, the bills and interpret what they said and brief the senators. And so this was you said you started in ninety six. Yeah, ninety six through no, I'm sorry, ninety ninety four through two thousand six. Ninety four thousand six. Yeah, ninety. That's that's when things the the nineties. You know, California wasn't always this way, right? And the nineties is really when that all kicked off. Yeah, I you know sixties, seventies, and eighties. California was still, you know. Fairly reasonable, yeah. I mean, you got to remember it's the it's the the state that produced Ronald Reagan, yeah. uh, uh, from from within uh, and the state house and Nixon. You know, <laughs> uh, it's not exactly a left wing state. Its its origins are are, are, are uh, have deep roots in conservative uh, uh, philosophies. But uh, yeah, in 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 that time that I was there, they had uh, the last Republican governor uh, in well, we call Schwarzenegger uh, a Republican, but he was the last re- officially Republican governor. They had um, Pete Wilson, right? Uh, Pete Wilson. They had Duke Majin. They had, um, and then they had uh, the the Republicans had the Assembly uh, for yeah. for uh, uh, two years. And uh, I'm I'm not a Republican anymore. I'm a conservative. I was always a, a conservative before I was Republican. And and like Re- Reagan said, Re- Reagan was asked and and what 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 was thought to be a gotcha question. You know, uh, Mr. Reagan, why did you leave the Democrat Party? He said, Well, I didn't leave them. They left me. Yeah. And that's that I I didn't leave the Republican Party. They left they left me. I'm I'm a conservative and and that's how I vote. I you know I I'm I left the Republican Party or whatever they left yeah. me whatever. I am no longer Republican. Yeah. And it was because what the, what they were doing well what they were not doing on guns and then COVID. And I right. just said, I'm done. Right. You guys, good luck. I, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna. I took my ball and, and, and went and built my own <laughs> baseball field. You went home and said, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm done with it. What, um, you know what, what? What do you think? What do you think it is, man? Like what? I don't. It's probably not any one thing that happened in California, but, you know, how would you? How would you describe what happened in, in the '90s that that everything started changing? So one of the big things was uh, a lot of people don't remember was um, focus on the family was a uh, big Christian organization was in Orange County right mm-hmm. and they they were uh, um, Christian activists and and they had a Christian lobbying entity they had they had Christian media and uh, um, when they decided hey we're gone and they picked up lock stock and barrel and they went to Colorado Springs that took thousands of conservative voters out of Orange County. And it started just with Orange County. It started the, the movement away from co- conservative uh, uh, philosophies. And, and, 
that was a big chunk of it that occurred. Uh, and, and it just went downhill from there because people followed Focus on the Family to Colorado and so on and so forth. But what the what occurred was the, the, the liberals really started to do media and vocabulary better than the Republicans do. There's the cliche, you've got the evil party and the stupid party. And and the, the 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 liberals started to really manipulate the culture through media and through um, rebranding of language, uh, we, like you guys talk about a lot here, the, the assault weapon and the and the Saturday night special and 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 the 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 creating things that would just make the average person, uh, well, I, I can't be a part of that. I mean, that's that sounds awful, right? And and they became they became masters of of the English language and and. And the the dumb party didn't. Republicans have always had a problem with messaging. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I don't, uh, you know, say what you will about Trump, but that's what he was getting right. Yeah, is is the ability to deliver a message. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's kind of hilarious. You look at Trump and you and you think that it, it took a billionaire to reach blue collar people throughout the m- middle part of the country. Yeah, well, but but go okay. So Trump got that right. He was able to deliver a message. Obama got it right. He was yes. able to deliver a message. Yeah. Clinton got it right. Yeah, he was able to politician. deliver a message. You know what yeah. I mean? And you know that whole. Um, if you look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. Remember Bill yeah. Clinton? I feel your pain. You know, he didn't sit there and talk about statistics and well, really, you know what we should be doing. And you know, I feel your pain. Right. You know, and uh, what was Obama's big? Uh, what was when he was running? What was his hope and change? Right. Hope and change. Mm-hmm. Right. Hope and change is perfect. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want hope and change? Yeah. And your hope. If I tell you, you know, you know, Alicia, Dave, and Mike. If I say, hey guys, we're going to focus on hope and change. Dave's hope and change is going to be different from yeah. Alicia's hope exactly. and change. Is going to be different from yours. And who's going to say no? And and we're we are we all we're all envisioning something different, but the end goal is the same. We get what we want, right? So I I you know I don't know. There was uh, there's this guy that we're actually trying to get on the show. Um, his name's Jonathan. I, I believe it's pronounced Hate H A I D T, and he wrote a book not long ago, about ten years ago. Um, that just completely and totally revolutionized political messaging, and I'm a big believer. And he talks about how there's really there's six moral foundations that people base their political opinions on, and they're things like liberty, you know, right. and things like uh, sanctity. Like if you say, hey, it's the Constitution, you know, oh well, okay, well that's a san- that's an argument on sanctity. Like we have to do it because it's in the Constitution, you know, that sort of thing. Authority, you know, um, but there are two. And he, and he found out that that out of these six, um, the right generally kind of values all six of them, kind of relates to and values all six of them equally. But the left really only value two, and that's caring and fairness. Right. And if you think about that, I'm sure in your experience, right. that's, yeah, that emotion, that I feel your pain, that hope and change, right. you know? It's all about caring and fairness. We know we care about people. You know, it's not fair that they have to work hard or whatever, right? And, and you redefine what caring and, and, and uh, caring and, and hope is um, that if you if you if you don't support um, uh, just common sense gun control, you don't care right right yeah. and and well the average person will well, I, I want to I care I, I want to I, you know I, I, I want things to be good and and we and it's so easy 
to have the right message and get past what you want. Well, it is, and and then and then we make the mistake of saying it's in the Constitution. It's a God-given right. Oh, okay. Well, that's authority. That's sanctity. They don't really value that, right? Rather than saying, "Hey, look, I care about single moms. They got to be able to defend themselves." Right. You know, it's not fair that you can't defend yourselves against you know racists. You know, but cops they can. You know, because they yeah. get to care. You know what I mean? Yeah. We totally miss that, and we're trying to get this guy on on the, the uh, show to talk to him more about it. But he completely and totally revolutionized. A re, a re, yeah, revolutionized uh, political messaging. I see it all the time now. I see it all the time. The left, the right, Republicans, Democrats. You know, they focus on this sh- uh, caring and fairness. And I, I got to tell you, it's it's like a it's like it's like magic. You yeah. Know? And when you yeah, when but you, they, you can only do it once if you don't stand behind what you promise. Well, that's a fact. No, you just you just redefine what victory is each time. Right. So, you know, it used to be, uh, and you guys have talked about this before, it used to be the Saturday night specials and it's the assault weapon, uh, uh, assault rifle, now it's the assault weapon. Yeah. And you say, well, I'm in favor of an assault weapon ban, but then you look at it and it's every gun you could possibly want to own. Yeah, it's everything. Right. It's just gun. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter assault or not or whatever. Yeah. It's just gun now. And they, they, don't, they don't call themselves, they're not gun control uh, organizations anymore. That's they've they've eliminated that they've they've t- they've tested that out. The people don't yeah. want con- don't want control. They're gun safety. Yeah, it's, it's a, they're all about gun safety. I had uh, it was uh, Petrolino, John Petrolino, mm-hmm. who's uh, just an awesome guy. I love him to death. And uh, he and I were talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, they call themselves gun safety. Okay, great. Well, where do I take your gun safety class? Yeah, you know, where are you guys teaching gun safety? Because you know, I actually teach gun safety. He wrote a whole book on gun safety, so." Yeah. You know, where 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 where's their uh you know, their gun safety education? But well ours is to take away all your guns. <laughs> that's what they have. That's our idea of gun safety. So what, yours? what was the best part about uh, Sacramento? Well, you know, you were up there for what, twelve years? Yeah. So um worked in politics for uh, at some level for twenty years in the in the state capitol for, for twelve years. Uh, and like I said, it was uh, you redefine victory differently uh, yeah. to be a be a conservative in, in that kind of environment. But if you could take um if you could take a, a horrible bill and make it just a little bit better. That was that was victory, and and so to to the the gun control movement was really getting its teeth right right as as I was there, and and to be able to tweak it a little bit and 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 make it uh, less offensive was was good. What did you enjoy though? Was there when you look back at those twelve years? Is there something where you're just like, man? I'm so proud of this. This is so great. Or, or was there was there a senator you, you have a, a lot of respect for? Or yeah, I worked for. I actually worked for uh, Inland Empire senators while I was there. As uh, um, uh, Ray Haynes and and Dennis Hollingsworth uh, were the guys that I worked with. Uh, I'll tell you what. I it, it won't it it won't be what you're thinking. The thing that I I was most proud of at the time was uh, I would go into a committee as the Republican policy representative and I would get in a fight and scream and shout about policy from eight in the morning till noon with my Democrat counterpart and uh, who was a uh, environmentalist, homosexual activist. Uh, uh, and, and then we'd go out and have lunch together and then we'd come back together again at two and we'd scream at each other until about six. And then I'd say, okay, I'll see you this weekend when I, when I coach your kids in soccer, that doesn't exist anymore. That's not possible. Anymore. I was going to say that's about, like, 20 years ago. It's like the old cartoons where you know, they clock in and clock out and fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam and George. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. 
right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school here in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day. We're close to the ocean as well as the desert, mountains, and SDFTI. Instructors can help you learn to navigate around the international border and military bases. Why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in sunny San Diego right at Montgomery Field. Get started. It's really easy. Give them a call, 858-569-1822. Learn to fly with SDFTI. Or just call them at 858-569-1822. We actually, by the way, we had a uh, How to Get Your CCW seminar hosted by our very own uh, Desi yeah. at SDFTI, <laughs> and I, there were like 30 people that showed up. It was awesome. It was very, very cool. So thank you to SDFTI, and thank you to everybody that showed up, and, of course, thank you to Desi for doing a fantastic job. And, by the way, you get a discount if you tell them that you're with a gun or gun owner's radio listener. You get a discount if you decide to fly. Oh, nice. Have which, you gone which, yet? Which you should do. I'm not going to Come on, I want to see you in a Piper car. <laughs> I took a couple lessons. A little 150. I know. A I took. A, I took. Uh, I took a couple of lessons in a Cessna 172 when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, I told you about mine. I just went to the there because it said free. They didn't have planes when you. No, were they had free flying lessons <laughs> they every Saturday. Yet. You I were... went every Saturday. Oh, really? Well, it said free flying lessons every Saturday. It was you and Orville out at no, no, no. the Wright, is the Wright brothers? <laughs> no, but after the third one, he says, when are you going to sign up? I go, I don't have to because the sign says free flying yeah, lessons. Oh, that's right. I remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> and they wouldn't let me come back. No, well, that's not so, Mike, I, we were talking about, and I, I think you're, there's, there's so many things that led to um, the change in California. And I don't you know, it's not just a, you know, well, you know, liberal versus conservative or, you know, Democrat versus Republican. A Democrat in California is not a Democrat in West Virginia. Right. You know, there was an enormous change and it's so much more complicated, I think, than people uh, talk about. And, and I think that there was religious versus non-religious uh, components. There were, uh, there were, yes, Republican versus non-Republican. There was you know, progressives uh, and and libertarians started coming around. A lot of things happened. But there's one thing that I think really, really kind of set set the the ability for all this to happen that very few people talk about. And there really is, there's a big difference. I'm, I'm curious to hear what, what your thoughts are on this. There's a huge uh, difference in this country between rural and, and urban. Um, you know, if you look at the, the political makeup of the urban and uh, rural areas of the country, it's enormously different, and you see uh, you see this a lot. You know that the you know Illinois is a huge sea of red and a tiny little speck of blue where Chicago is. Um, you know New York is this is similar, and one of the things I think that led to it here in California is they got rid of st- of uh, static uh, Senate districts. It used to be when when California was was invented, <laughs> the each county had its own senator, and we truly had you know a bicameral system. And honestly, now we don't have a bicameral system. They have two houses, but there just isn't any difference between the two. They're both yeah. you know they redraw the lines according to population. And what that's done is, if we went back to we have fifty eight counties, if we if we did have you know one senator or almost one senator per county. 
um, you know, you would have, uh, you wouldn't have this huge fight between the rural and urban areas. You know, right now, L.A. and San Francisco um, pretty much rule the whole state. Right. And and I think that that kind of set the it set the the context. It set the it gave the ability for some of the extremism that has happened to to happen in California. Yeah, it started it, it, the 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 districting aspects that you're you're talking about that it started on on racial issues where that you would have um see if I can describe this with my words uh so that it's better radio than it is a, a, a class discussion. Think of a think of putting a, a pie tin over a downtown area. And if you can in that, in that downtown area is predominantly African-Americans and you want to dilute their, their play and their involvement in politics, then you slice that pie so that you divide their, their um, power amongst the five or six different districts. That's why that kind of thing started, as grotesque as it is, right? It was to dilute African-American involvement in politics. Well, it became what we know as gerrymandering now, which is it became less of a racial issue and more of an interest issue so that we can create uh, less, so that the party in power, and both parties do it, uh, so that the party in power can, can give the party out of power less involvement in the process uh, and, and, and impact things. And, and so, yeah, when... Uh, the 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 Democrats took over in in California and with a, a great fervor they they created uh, gerrymandering of, of districts so that the Repo- Republicans had less and less and less influence. You now have a Republican Party that has less than thirty percent Republican registration in the state of California, and there's more independents and declined states than there are Republicans. It's just a it's it's not an issue, and and I come from. Uh, like I said, the far northern part of, part of California, redneck area, and and it, it really is a worldview difference. That yeah. You have urban mentality and rural mentality, and it, it's you're just never going to see eye to eye. People are never going to understand each other, and and so if you can just push the people out that don't agree with you and have less to fight about, it makes your your life easier. And I and I I think that it's it's a solvable problem though I do because th- there was and you're absolutely right it was a, it started off as a racial thing in the South and there was a Supreme Court decision I think I think it was the Sims decision right. someone yeah. like, is that right? yeah and uh, they you know this this idea that they couldn't have static districts I think was a misinterpretation first off it was I think it was at very least a misinterpretation of of that decision because California wasn't a part of it they just right. said hey we're going to do this. Um, because of the Supreme Court decision, or at worst, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, Supreme Court was just wrong that it wasn't. It's not unconstitutional to have um, a uh, static, you know, just like the state or, or just like the federal senates. We had the state senate, and I got to tell you, I wish we, I, I wish there would be a push to get back to that. I wish that you know the, that we could have um, you know one senator per county. I think it would solve a lot of problems, not just with guns, not just with right. whatever, but like water. You know, just right. water issues. Yeah. You know, when you have L.A. going, hey, we don't care about rural whatever. We want our water. You, you know, screw you guys. Go grow your food some other way. You know, I, there's yeah. a lot of issues I think it would solve. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, there's and, and, and again, 
both sides do it equally. Both sides abuse the process uh, of gerrymandering. Uh, if you look at, you, you know, you look at conservative states, they do it, and you look at uh, uh, Democrat states, they do it, and and um, yeah, it, it it really does butcher the political process so that you have extremists on both sides. So, do you think that a model like Inland what what drew you to Inland Empire gun owners? Um, so one of the things that I do when I, uh, when I teach my classes is uh, I start off by telling people, you, you have to get involved. If you, if you own a gun, you have to get involved at the state, at the local and at the federal level. And so when I, when I teach my classes, I'll hand out packets that have Inland Empire gun owners literature in it and have, have, um, second amendment foundation literature in it and has, uh, has California rifle and pistol association literature in it so that people can get involved. And so what drew my wife and I to Inland Empire gun owners was just the ability to, at the local level, um, have an impact on preserving our Second Amendment rights in politics. And not, not just, but yes, politics, absolutely, but um, having a voice with our neighbors and being able to, the people around us that, that maybe are, are on the fence on the issue of Second Amendment and trying to be able to influence them and impact their views of, of gun ownership. That's awesome. How long have you been on the board now? Uh, not long, uh, about a year now. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you how much you appreciate all the, all the hard work. I think Carla's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, they're doing great. And uh, what, what do you think? I mean, it, it, does it, it, do, you, do you think this is the way? Do you think that, that we need to get back to good old-fashioned, roll up your sleeves, or, or do you think California's a lost, lost cause? Nothing, nothing's ever going to get better and nothing's going to work. You have to fight. You have to fight. <laughs> yeah. have to fight. If, if I was standing across the ring from Mike Tyson, I'd say you still have to fight. You still got to <laughs> throw your punches. Um, I, I don't think it gets, I don't think it, it becomes more liberty oriented and, and less government oriented uh, in my lifetime. Well, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, I, it, it's fighting this fight, the second amendment, especially in a place like California, it's almost like it really just doesn't have anything to do with with winning. I mean, we want to win. That's the yeah. goal, and we're 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 moving the ball forward. But it, you know, if that's not the only, you know, if that's the only reason, you know, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed. You're going to fight for the wrong reasons. You're not going to last long. You fight this fight because it's it's the right thing to do. It's the right fight to fight. You know. Yeah, and it's true. Uh, but what you guys talk in, talk about uh, week in and week out is that is that. At the federal level, at the state level, in, in D.C. and in Sacramento, it, it matters. Yeah. But how much more have you seen recently our Second Amendment rights be chipped away at the city and the county level more and more and more? Yeah. And I think with uh, San Diego gun owners and Orange County gun owners and Inland Empire gun owners, the, the aspect of focusing on water boards and school boards and, and, and park boards and, and city councils and county, county board of supervisors, more and more and more, those are the folks that are limiting what we can and can't do as gun-owning Americans. Yep. So how soon will we be a threat? <clears throat> we already are. We already are. We already are. We, we're, we're, it, it's, it's, we're impacting the system now. Right. That's my point exactly. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> Michael get him. With a mic drop. <laughs> All right, this is Gun Owners Radio. We're going to take a small break right here on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer.
This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1178. The answer. Inland Empire Gun Owners strives to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. So you need to become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment right. That's iegunowners.com slash join. <laughs> All right, we got a couple of announcements. Um, gun Owners Radio Range Day on April 23rd. You can shoot outdoors, you're going to shoot on steel, and you're going to do some move and shoot in the Grove, which is very, very fun and very, very cool if you've never done it. This is the time. And then I screwed this up last weekend, too. Do we have a ruling on how to pronounce that? Mm. Ex no, nothing official. Yes, you, you, you did that very well. Oh, thank you. And Franklin Armory will, Armory will have a product for demo. Do we get to share what that is, or are we keeping a surprise? No, go for it. What, what did Franklin so Armory send? They sent us a California rostered CA three twenty. Nice. Which wink wink is a lot like a P three twenty. And wink. they are also it's not arrived yet. They're also sending us an F seventeen, which is a rifle. Wow. It's a and that'll ribbon. be so that'll be at the range day available for people to shoot. To their heart's content. Correct. Very, very cool. Normally, it's 100 bucks. It's only $20 for 10 ring members. So sign up today. Uh, it's it's limited. So, you, you know, you might run out of space. So so go to gunownersradio.com, gunownersradio.com, and sign up for Gun Owners Radio Range Day on April 23rd. Nice, really cool outdoor range. Orange County Gun Prom, save the date, May 20th. 2023 Orange County Gun Prom. We're going to have information up on gunprom.com, but right now we want you to save the date, May 20th, 2023. Uh, you can buy tickets and, and and attend, even if you don't live in Orange County. It's going to be at the Orange Hill Restaurant again, which is a beautiful location. So please, please, please save the date and buy tickets to Orange County Gun Prom. Should be a lot of fun. Heather's already putting it all together and making it making it happen. Joe Dramisi, Gun Owners Radio's uh, Joe Dramisi, is hosting a four-hour pepper spray and situational awareness class on Saturday, March 18th. It's in El Cajon, and you can sign up by going to uscca.com, their website right there. You're going to look for the March 18 pepper spray and situa- situational awareness class by our very own Joe Dramisi. Thank you, Joe, for doing that. It's awesome. And then win free training. Win a free two-hour uh, drawing from the holster with, right here in the studio, Mike Pettengill. Enter the drawing at gunownersradio.com slash train. Gunownersradio.com slash train. Do you want to talk about that, Mike? What are they going to Well, we, what are they we won't be doing that here in the studio. No. No. Yeah, no. no. Well, uh, yeah. Might so be make, it'll make we it have sporty. insulation. We have insulation. Make everyone, and insurance. Make everyone move faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're basically, uh, what I tell folks all the time is, I, is, is if someone says, oh, hey, I hear, uh, I hear you're a firearms instructor. Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I've, got my, I've got my CCW. I'm like, great. My first question is, when's the last time you drew a, a, a live weapon from your holster? A what? Uh, what is that something I have to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you 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 anticipate that the first time you'll do that is when your life depends on it. That's not the right time. Oh, uh, yeah, no. So that's that's something that that I talk to a lot of people about all the time. And I don't care if you take it from me or you take it from somebody else. 
you've got to learn to draw that weapon from your purse, from your purse, from your from your uh, your appendix, from your 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 strong side, wherever you wherever you carry is great. But you've got to learn um, that the the magic in drawing from a holster is that that special trigger finger and what you do with it and how you keep it out of the way and keep it off the trigger until until you're pointed in. Uh, but yeah, in this in this class, it's it's we move slow. We start with dry weapons and everything goes real slow. And then once you once you can do it safe, then we um, put a put a round in it and uh, have you draw real slow for the first time, and then put a round on on target. And, and after a couple hours, people are usually able to. You're not looking at a lot of uh, you know 1.25 draws, but people are able to safely get. A, a loaded firearm out of their out of their what, out of the drawers. What's the secret? What's the secret to a to a fast draw? To a fast draw is do is to you're, I know where you're going with this. Is <laughs> the secret to a fast draw is to is to perfect the the basics. Is to is to be really really good at the basics. Yeah. What is it fast? What is it fast as fast smooth as and, smooth and and smooth as slow, slow as smooth some, and smooth as that fast. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> we get it. Thank you, Alicia. You're welcome. Now, did you uh, do, how long did you live in a county where you get a CCW years ago, or have uh, things changed recently? So uh, long ago, uh, growing up, it was it was Sutter County, and then it was Sacramento County, and those those were all no goes at the time. And um, and then uh, moving into Riverside County, uh, and uh, being able to uh, walk alongside the the Sheriff Bianco there, and and uh, my wife and I were able to to get in line before he came around and then get approved right after he got put in office. So. Now, you've met a lot of politicians. Yeah. You've met a lot of elected officials. Mm -hmm. uh, not always one and the same. Those are two separate groups of people. Yeah. Politicians and elected officials. I, I got to tell you, um, I don't know if I've met as many as you have, but I've met my fair share, and uh, Chad Bianco is, is probably my favorite. Yeah, there's there's a difference, and it's kind of cliche, but there's a difference between a politician and a public servant. Uh, it's someone that um, really doesn't care about the next office. That's not what they're looking for, um, and they're not looking for if they can get their book deal or if they can, you know, if they can uh, get some uh, swag out of the deal. What they're looking for is to sleep less and work more so that they can better their community. Yeah, and that's. I think that's Chad. I think yeah, that's Sheriff I think Bianco. So too. I think so too. I really, really, truly uh, like the guy. So, what brought you to Riverside then? From Sacramento, you were, in, you were working in, in Sacramento. What brought you to Riverside? So, hopefully, my, my family's not listening to this, but it's 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 it's, it's a sad tale. Uh, we lived we lived out of country for ten years, and uh, I, I, we we moved back into California after being gone for ten years, and and we uh, got to choose wherever we wanted in Southern California. So we, uh, I hadn't lived near my brother since I was uh, nine years old. And so we thought, well, let's move. Not only in the same city, but the, let's buy a condo four doors down from my brother. <laughs> and um, a year and a half after we bought the condo, he and his family uh, and adult uh, kids all moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> so, oh, well, thank you. There you are. Goodbye. You were, it was that bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> welcome to California, and I believe it. Creepy Uncle Mike, and uh, see you guys. <laughs> well, that's cool. I, Riverside's beautiful, though. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So stay. And okay, so and how long have you been? Uh, you said you was right around COVID when you started your business. Yeah. And talk about where do you guys actually train? So we we can train 
uh, at a couple of different places, but we do the vast majority of our work at Rainbow Range, which is uh, just oh, yeah. the, 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 the northern tip of San Diego County. Debbie, and you must know Debbie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. She's yeah. the best in the whole world. I'm yeah, sure. good folks there. Uh, we, Debbie we, and Ben are great. Yeah, we've, we've really enjoyed working alongside of them. Um, uh, the range is really cool. The staff's really cool. Also, by the way, speaking of Debbie, they're actually doing a, uh, and I'm not prepared for this, so you're going to have to do some of your own research. Um, but uh, Mike, you just reminded me, they're doing a Friends of the NRA dinner coming up in just a few weeks. I think it's like March, it's like the second Saturday. I think it's in the 18th. March 18th. I believe. I think you're right. March 18th, uh, Friends of the NRA dinner in uh, Marietta. I think Temecula. Temecula? <laughs> it's in Temecula. Go to the Friends of the NRA website and check it out. But support that group because Ben and Debbie are just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. So go to friends of friends of the NRA dinner in uh, Riverside County. Yeah, and if you don't get the right address, it's okay. <laughs> Email us. I'll tell you what. If you're listening, do it without you. Yeah. If uh, if you if you're interested and you just can't find it because I'm doing this plug unprepared, yes, then are. just email Gun Owners Radio. Just look we'll, for the Denny's <laughs> on the corner with the lights exactly. on. That's where I'll be. That's, That's right. where I'll be. I know you will. You won't give them up. I right, let's take a break. Excellent idea. Why? Because this is Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. All right. Folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, you know, a lot of companies are really unhappy with their websites. Looks old, out of date, it's not getting customers. Well, Sage Tree's got, got it and gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact Sage Tree today to get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is easy. Just call 866-728-9100. That's 866-728-9100. And get your website fixed today. What what happy intro music that was. I thought so. <laughs> I was tapping my show. I saw that. I know. It was very cool. So we're talking to Mike Pettengill from, uh, of course, Personal Protection Academy. He's the owner and head instructor. And uh, how many instructors do you have? Uh, including me and my wife too. Excellent. How, now, how did you, how did your wife get into shooting? Um, uh, long before me. So we were both in the army. Um, I never once qualified as an expert in the M16. She never didn't qualify as an expert <laughs> in the M16, and she likes to remind me of that periodically. Sounds about right. Yeah. And um, Probably so has a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I when I met my future father-in-law about 32 years ago, literally it was just like this. Mike, it's so good to meet you. We've heard a lot about you. Do you like guns? Do, do you want to come see my gun collection? <laughs> Son. And you knew. That's when you, you that's, like, that's when I you knew. were on the fence until. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I am selling my 89 Chevy van, not for you to worry. <laughs> and what did you guys, uh, what did you do for the Army? Uh, my wife was pretty cool. She um, she was in a Patriot battalion, so she was oh, uh, yeah, the missile uh, missile anti missile missile, and uh, she was in in West Germany when there was an East and West Germany, and 
And uh, uh, mine was a little less cool. It was uh, operating operating room technician. The doctor would say scalpel. I hand him a scalpel. That kind of stuff. Wow, so that's interesting. How yeah. did you How did you go that direction? Um, so I graduated um, uh, from college with a political science degree in in a year that California passed an initiative. It would be ninety two to limit the amount spent on. Uh, elected officials by 40%, which meant mm. 40% of their staff was going to leave. So I'm like, well, that was a bad time to get that degree. <laughs> so I went to the army for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. And, but I mean, what, why did, how did you pick that? Do they call them MOSs? Is that what yeah. Yeah. How did you pick that? They MOS? probably picked it for him. No, did they get I, picked for him? no, no. I wanted, uh, I wanted something that was in the medical field. I wanted, what did to, you go in as? Uh, I went in as an E4 and okay. I had a bachelor's degree. Right, so, right. uh, went in as an E4 and, and, um, and I wanted something to give me practical medical skills. That you could use when you get back yeah, out? Yeah, right, right. So operating room technician, and you, you get, had to be a medic to be an operating room technician. I drove an M88 tank retriever. Do you do that today? Uh, I've been looking. <laughs> I have yet to see a job. Kind I, of. I, I kind of. What are you driving out there today? What is that, a Volkswagen or something? a Volkswagen. That's the same thing. I know. But it was the darndest thing. You know, and then, Let's put a turd on it. You'll be fine. I know. There you go. Halfway there. Well, that's that's really awesome. Um, so, what kind of training should owners, uh, uh, if you when they get their CCW, what kind of training should they get? So, there's two uh, two things that I talk about. I would love to hear what Alicia has to say on this too. Uh, one of the first things I tell people all the time is is holster training. We talked about that already, and another one that that we talked about uh, tangentially is is Joe Dramisi's, uh class on situational awareness. And whether it's NRA has got uh, refused to be a victim, and there's a, there's a bunch of other other courses out there that have curriculums or or instructors that have written their own, but situational awareness, just kind of knowing what to look for and knowing what to to avoid, right? Um, I think a lot of people go get their CCW and they think they're going to be a cop or they think they're going to be Batman, and when I tell them uh, the story of my, my wife asked me, she said, honey, can I ask you a question that as a man may, may not make you really happy? I'm like, well, number one, that's not how you start a conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead. She said, so when we were younger, you were always the guy that would chase after the shoplifter or you would, you would uh, um, go after the hit and run guy or, or you, know, you would stand between a, a, a man who's smacking around a woman. We don't do that anymore. We don't. Uh, we don't get in the middle of stuff. You steer me around stuff when I don't see stuff. Why is that? And I said because that guy's smacking that woman around. I, I really, as a as a father of a daughter and a and a husband of thirty years, I'd really like to to give that guy peace of my mind. But if we enter into that with firearms on our hips, and he turns on us, I may be taking someone's someone's husband, someone's son someone's dad away from them and and that's not my role and i think a lot of people get into let's just go ahead and say it a lot of guys get into the get into the ccw life as i'm, I'm going to become batman and i actually had a had a guy um walk out of my class and at, at break and said hey i can't i can't come back and i said i said oh what did i offend you he said no you woke me up he said i had a ccw in another state for 20 years and i thought i was batman and and <laughs> and uh, you've convinced me that that's not the, that's not what I should be doing. And People so, learn discernment. So yeah, I I I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. I thought I was everyone's hero, and that's 
the fact that I need to avoid this more, I need to avoid conflict more than, than I used to, is not something I never thought about and I'm horrified at myself. And so situational awareness is a big part. That's interesting. What, Alicia, what do you think? Well, I agree with everything you're saying. You know, you have to learn just because you have this tool on your person doesn't mean that every solution needs to come from that tool. And that's sometimes a hard thing for people to grasp. They think it's like a one-size-fits-all solution to every problem. And uh, you have to learn discernment. You have to learn de-escalation. You have to learn you don't have to get involved. In, you don't have to take every invitation that you that you receive. You don't have to accept and show up and be there. Um, and in addition to everything that Mike said, you know, another another training thing that I feel is critically important is, is just the the whole concept and idea of, of defensive shooting. You know, defensive shooting training is different than marksmanship. You know, I and I, I don't know how Mike feels, but I feel it's important to start with the foundation of marksmanship. You learn what that gun feels like in your hand. You know what it feels like when it's level. You know what it feels like when your grip is solid. And you take that platform and then you push it further and you push yourself to learn defensive shooting. Yeah, I, I talk to people all the time. I say, okay, we're going to start with marksmanship because mm-hmm. that's the basics. And then we're really quickly, we're going to take you into defensive shooting. Well, what's, what's, what's the difference? Uh, well, how's, well, it's a gun. It makes <laughs> right. It goes bang and things mm-hmm. come out. And it's it's a completely different mindset. And I think the last one I would put on this list is something that my actually my wife is doing right now as we speak is we have a tactical medicine class. And and um, and if you're if you're learning to put holes in people, you should learn to patch holes in people too. Uh, that the the concept of of carrying around tourniquets and 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 having chest seals at your disposal and quick clot and that kind of thing. If if you're going to be living a lifestyle that involves firearms, you, you also need to know how to plug those holes too. And if not for them, for you. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, it's a cliche, but it's true. You're, you're so much more likely to need a tourniquet in your life than you are a firearm. Mm. Well, and you were talking about getting involved, you know, and, and, uh, you know, somebody, you know, jumping in between people or whatever, um, you know, chasing down a purse snatch or whatever, just in the last 20 Definitely in the last 30 years, the world has changed. Yeah. It's changed um, as far as, uh, you know, uh, attorneys, and it's changed as far as just how aggressive people have the, gotten. The street response, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just, I think that it was the, the idea that, you know, hey, 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 man, you know, you know, cool off, everything, whatever. Like that, being able to work 20 years ago and that being able to work today are two completely different things. Yeah. I mean, domestic, you know, squabbles were always, always, always dangerous. And, you know, people would always escalate things. But these days, it just seems like the, the percentage of situations that get escalated to ungodly uh, uh, heights is is through the roof. People people will shoot you or stab you for looking at them the wrong way. For, for yeah, for and nothing. It's, 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 again, it's cliche, but it's so true. You just, you just got to avoid. You got you to gotta know what eye contact is is appropriate and what's not. Or even if they perceive it and if you didn't actually do it. Right, Their exactly. perception. Yeah. You know, 10 years I had to use pepper spray, and I've told that story. I'm not going to tell the whole story again, but I've, I had to oh, use pepper spray. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm going to tell the story. <laughs> but I was talking to, so I pepper sprayed, there were six people, I pepper sprayed three of them. And one of them was 17, we found out later. And the reason I found out later is I got a call from uh, juvenile uh, court. You know, somebody had, was assigned to that person's case, and I'm like, "Well, what's going to happen to this guy?" And they basically called, and said, "Look, um, did he damage anything? You know, we, 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 you know, part of the process that we're putting him through 
is he has to pay for any damages or whatever. So I made him buy me a new bottle of pepper spray, Mike. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, that's good. Yeah, I was like sixteen bucks. I want you know, so yeah. I got to check. But during the discussion with this with this person with this employee of the court, I was like, well, what's going to happen? They're like, well, you know, basically nothing. And I'm going, you know, this was pretty pretty bad, you know. And she's just like, yeah, I hear you, you know, just kind of. <laughs> And I, I was like, all right. And I took time out of my day and I lectured this lady and I said, you know, I'm betting that this file is not anywhere near the worst on your desk. But I'm also betting that 30 years ago, this would have been the absolute worst file on your desk. And the reason that it's not the worst file on your desk today is because you're not, you guys aren't going to do anything. This guy is basically, he's raising his hand and saying, hey, I'm an enormous problem. You know, you need to take extreme steps. I, I, you know, I society, I do not fit in society and you guys are ignoring all of that, you know, and, and that change over the last 20, 30 years, you know, yeah, don't, you know, I, I think that everybody wants to be a hero and everybody wants to be helpful, but man, it's, there are fewer and fewer situations where I think, um, that that's, that, that that's sane. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, pepper spray is another good option. You know, uh, we talk about all the time that if you you you've got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And yeah. having that having that secondary or that maybe primary option of pepper spray, learning number one, learning to de-escalate, learning to use your big boy words, and um, and being able to get out of a situation. Yes, yes, sir, you're right. I am less of a man than you, and you probably could get my wife. Have a good have a good day. You never see me again. Who cares? Yeah, and and guys can't do that as well as women can, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but having the ability to de-escalate situational awareness, having, having a, a, a second, a primary distance option like pepper spray or a taser is, is a great option to have. And then using your firearm as your backup option. Yeah. We, we actually just had John Korea on last, last yeah, week to talk yeah. about uh, pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I really truly, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If I hadn't started San Diego County gun owners, I would have started San Diego County pepper spray owners. Yeah. Really, really believe in, the, in in how important it is to carry, even if you have a CCW. Maybe right. even especially if you mm-hmm. have a CCW. It's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's even more important. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, this is awesome. I really enjoy talking to you. I want, When we get back from the break, I want to talk to you about one of the questions we get a lot is how much training should somebody take? You know, let's let's talk about that. Like, yeah. what what volume you're going to carry daily? How much should you actually? What, what kind of what kind? What's the minimum requirement yeah. as far as classes and and, and uh, time in? Great, but let's do first it. we're going to take a quick break. Is why it's Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. <laughs> Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM. What are you doing, <laughs> Twisty? There we go. There we go. Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. <laughs> hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's a thousand pounds bigger? Nope. Well, that's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented ever forever and i mean ever 
for Women, led by women that not me, program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. Sign up. Go to notmesd.org. The program is also available in Orange County and Inland Empire. So get the help today by joining notmesd.org. Big thank you, by the way, to Foothills Church. They had me come out and talk, me and, of course, Bill D.C. from CCW USA. Uh, had me come talk. They told me uh, a big thank you to Jenny, by the way. Jenny did a fantastic job. They had me come out and talk. They said, hey, we, a lot of our, you know, we want you to come out and talk about CCWs, Second Amendment, activism, that sort of thing. I said, okay, great. So I um, went there, and uh, her name's Jenny, and she introed, and she gave one of the most passionate statistic-filled Second Amendment talks. I was going, oh, my gosh. I, I don't even want to, like, I, I, I don't, I I, I'm here. just going to go home. This great, this great lady's great. Anyway, they did such a good job. And so I, I, I got about, I don't know, five minutes into my talk, and I, I'm thinking I'm talking to people that are kind of, uh, you know, maybe new to the subject, you know? So I finally said, you know, how many people here are gun owners? I Like, everybody's... <laughs> Everybody's hand. Okay, I'm literally preaching to the choir. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I changed the speech a little bit. And we really got into more of the the meat and potatoes of it. But man, Foothills Church, you guys were awesome. Thank you all so very much. Phil Ortiz, uh, who's also a city council member for El Cajon, and Gary Kendrick, uh, city city councilman for El Cajon as well. Both of you guys were there. Appreciate you guys arranging all that. Very very cool. Hey, before we get any further, Action Jackson, I think you have a uh, very special question for our uh, for our guest, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. All right, what is it? What's your favorite gun? Good question. That is a good question. So, little background, Action. I am a fanboy. <laughs> I I have I have I have not missed a gun owners radio episode in three plus years. Oh <laughs> wow! And I'm an Action Jackson fan. And so I've had dreams about answering this question for you. <laughs> well, it's to both you and the Colin guests, so you got your dream come true. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so the answer is whatever the closest gun is, and but that's a cop-out. I'm not going to stop there. Yeah. Um, my, my, my daily carry is a, is a SIG P365 XL with a, with a red dot on top. Um, when I'm shooting competition, which I know you're a big fan of, I, uh, I just started getting into the, the, the uh, pistol caliber carbines and uh, built myself an arrow uh, that I use for that. I enjoy that. And then um, when I'm hunting, uh, my 6.5 Creedmoor. Creedmoor. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. What do you think, Jackson? Tell him what your favorite gun is. Yeah. Uh, my SIG P320 chambered a 9mm. That's a that's a gun, my brother. Yeah. Yep. That's He's awesome. knocking them down, too. Huh. When are you going to the range next, Jackson? As Hopefully he, he tomorrow. Looks at his Hopefully tomorrow. Awesome. You going with a coach? Alicia. <laughs> she going to... You, you, you guys are going to teach each other? You're pointing oh, at her? This oh, coach. that Alicia. Oh, this right. Alicia. Yes. Makes sense. You guys are going to teach each other a couple of moves? Yeah, Jackson's going to teach me a few things. Nice. That's Let's awesome. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, because she could use the training, huh? Yes. Good. <laughs> I like that. All right, Mike Pettengill from Personal Protection Academy and, of course, Inland Empire gun owner board member as well. So question that comes up a lot. 
if you're going to carry, you go get your CCW. You know, they make you take that eight-hour course. It's not enough. It's not enough. The course is just not enough. So it's more of test than it is education anyway. It's law. But um, you, you go and you, you take that eight hours. Um, you know, uh, now you have your CCW. Now you have your gun. You got your belt. You got your holster. You know, you're doing your thing. Um, you carry for the next 30 years. How much, what's minimum? What, what's a rule of thumb or, or, you know, what are your thoughts on training as far as, you know, per year, every two years, et cetera? So what I tell my, uh, my students is that you have a, you have a new responsibility that's uh, a higher level responsibility than the average guy walking around on the street. Mm-hmm. And um, you got to take that serious. And if you're going to carry something on your hip in your, in your purse and your fanny pack uh, that can take someone's life you, or defend yours or your family members, you got to be more responsible. What I tell my students is that you need to be shooting a box a month minimum. You need to go to the range. You have to have something to work on. Not just don't just put holes in paper. You have something to work on minimum box a month, and that you should be taking a class from someone once a quarter minimum. And uh, I tell my students, I have Alicia's got the same thing. You got students that Alicia, I just I I, I don't want to train with anybody else. It's just you. I just want to train from you. When I have those students, I say, you know what? I'm not going to let you sign up for another class until you take a class from somebody else. Absolutely. Because I'm not the answer. And you need to you need to put all the tools in your tool toolbox, and you need to figure out what tools are going to work best for you. And so, yeah, I tell, I tell folks, I don't care. I'm not trying to make money off of you. I'll give you a name of a, of a great instructor to go to, go to if, if, if you think I'm trying to take money from you. You need to take a class a quarter minimum learn new skills, get new, get new abilities into your, into your tool chest so that you, you're more proficient at what you've chosen to be your lifestyle. Have you have any stories about, uh, do you have any students or have you had to defend yourself? So I, I've never drawn my weapon. I've never seen anybody shot. Um, really happy with that. Don't, yeah, me don't, too. don't ever want to have that be the case. Uh, I'll tell you my, my story that I just, it, I, I love it. And Alicia, get ready to cry. Alicia, this is, this is, I, I, so I, 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 I like to take students from, I, I'm, I'm kind of Mike, I'm kind of horrified of guns that kind of scare me, but I, th- I think we need to go down that road and get them to through safety, through basic stance and, and grip and uh, side alignment and sight picture, um, then I, Mike, I think maybe I, I think I want to buy a gun and I think, you know, let's figure that out. And then I put eight guns out and we let them fire those guns. And yeah, I, I, we're, we're also an FFL. And so then selling them their first gun and then, and then getting them down the road, get some more training, get a little bit more proficient and then get them to their CCW and then keep going from there. So here's the tearjerker, Alicia. So I tell all my students dry fire. Dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. How often should I dry fire, Mike? 10 minutes a day. How often do you dry fire, Mike? Not that. But do 10 minutes a day. Okay, all right, good. So I had a guy, took him, took him from first steps all the way to his getting to a CCW. Private lessons, the whole thing. And his, he signed up for the CCW class and he was showing up for his qualification. And I said, hey, I haven't seen you in two months. You've been shooting? No, I haven't fired once. Oh, it's going to be rough. And last time I had seen him, his groups were two hands widths. Wow. And then when he shot the call at 15 yards, it was a fist. Wow. And I stopped. I'm like, 
what have you been what have you been doing? He's like, he looked at me dead serious. He said, you told me to dry fire. <laughs> and I literally, I lifted up my glasses. I said, I got a little tear. <laughs> and he's like, well, but that's what you told me to do. I'm like, well, yeah, but nobody listens. Yeah, nobody actually does yeah, that. Yeah, no one dry fires. <laughs> no one listens to me. What? Yeah. So yeah, that, to me, that's my, I, I love that. It's like, I got, I got one guy out of several hundred that actually listened and, and, and saw his groups go from, from 14 inches to, to, to three inches at 15 yards. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. He must have been, uh, he must have been super happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Or scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd say that what you mentioned that, that just complete utter fear, I would say that's about 40% of people I'm coming across lately that are yeah. coming to me are starting from there. Yeah. Which is more than significantly more than the year prior. It's a huge shift. Yeah, and I, I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out if it's because that's who we cater our business to, or if it's because that's who's coming out of the woodworks more. And I think you're, I think you're accurate. I think that's more people are starting to say, it's just a weird world out there. I need, an, I need an option other than than nine one one. I've had a, a number of people that came to me that that opened up with just a, a disclaimer. I've always hated guns. I don't want to do this, but I feel like I have to. Yeah, and that's I, how it starts. Yeah, I've had a couple. I've had a couple people. Uh, we talked about this earlier. A couple, I had a, had a, a, a husband and wife, and they they called. They set up the appointment, and we and we showed up, and, and I'm like, this is a lot of attitude for someone that called me, and and about 20, 30 minutes in, she says, I just want you to know, I hate guns, <laughs> and I'm like, well, you're you're at the right place. I said, I said, this is this is how you this is how you get up. Well, I don't think anyone should own a gun, but my my husband's insisting on it, and. And and I and 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 we we used to be anti-gun advocates and wow and mm-hmm. like and good and, and you know second lesson she had flipped flipped on her on her head herself and she had gotten herself there and she's like you're not all like I thought you were <laughs> I I thought you guys were all something mm-hmm. else but the fact that you told me a gun may not be a good option for me the first time you said that I'm like this is the guy I want to learn from. And you just, you, you can't, John Rambo can't teach everyone, right? Right. <laughs> or anyone, but, <laughs> and, um, that would be a long lesson Yeah. from John Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know John Rambo? Do I? That's right. I've seen the documentary. Nothing is over. Take Nothing. John Wick class. How's that? <laughs> John Wick Four coming right. out soon. There you go. Is it coming up? It is. All oh, right. How do you? Uh, you know what? We got like two minutes. How someone someone comes to you and says, "Hey, I want to be a gun owner." How how do you determine what gun they should have as their first gun? So we we own um, a, a lot of guns uh, for the business and for ourselves. We put them all on the table, and it's it's what feels good to you. Uh, I can't stand when a when a woman comes to me and says says well my husband or or the or the or the gun or the guy at the gun shop said I I'm a woman so I need to have this little pink small gun and mm-hmm. and I just look at him I say do you let men pick out your shoes well no why why on God's earth would you let a man pick out your gun you need to figure out what's best for you but I don't have any knowledge I, I want people to put a gun in their hand and I want them to fire it you're not gonna buy a car without a test drive that's right. Uh, you might be surprised there, I have to say. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and come back with our favorite segment, Sam the Gunman, right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. 
welcome back. You're listening to Gut Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, a self-defense event happens in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to the commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. So to discover more about the USCCA, you need to visit their website at uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. All right, everybody's favorite segment, Stump, My Nephew. We found out that Sam, My Nephew, is particularly good at gun trivia years ago. So now we have him on every week. Send in a uh, question, and we uh, ask him live on the air. He has no ability to prepare. And if you uh, stump my nephew, we give you a super special prize. Um, but just if uh, just for sending in your uh, question, if we use it on the air, we'll give you a hat or a shirt. So, Sam, you there? Yeah, how are you guys? Fantastic. I heard you were uh, you you got a, a, a beautiful uh, mother son bonding moment today. Yes, we were sifting through the the family firearm collection to update the insurance rider. <laughs> that's very exciting stuff. Yeah, mother son. That's a did you, you did Dave? Did you and your mom do that a lot? Oh, all the time. That's what I thought. I thought it was really. Send me some cool pictures. All right, um, Mike Pettengill. We're going to have you ask Sam the question. Mike is, uh, Sam, Mike is, uh, he runs Personal Protection Academy, and he won the uh, Gunner's Radio Takeover. So he's been in the studio here. Um, and uh, boom, without further ado, go for it. All right, Sam. Oliver from Aliso Viejo asks, what 20-grain rimfire cartridge goes 3,000 feet per second? Oliver from Elisa Viejo, thanks for writing in. Um, it was important that you specified what 20 grain, um, uh, what was it, what 20 grain 22 caliber round? No. 20 grain rimfire cartridge. 20 grain rimfire cartridge goes 3,000 feet per second. Um, because there are, of course, there are a lot of rounds that go 3,000 feet per second. But uh, 20 grain rimfire. I'm going to say, oh man, you know, that, that's a tough one because part of me, part of me wants to say, you started strong seven, there. I was, I was believing I know, you had I thought it. So too. Well, now, see, now I'm, now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> see, just go 20, with your gut. 20 grain rimfire cartridge. Goes 20 grain rimfire. So part of me, part of me wants to say 17 HMR, but then the other part of me wants, well, mm, uh, this is a tough one. It's it's going to be it's going to be. You know so what? Wait, wait, before you, before you answer, yeah, before, before you, you even throw up, yeah, give like give a couple like get what are some options? Like, yeah, well, what, give us your first actual thought before you go to the next one. Well, so my my instinct is telling me seventeen HMR, but I don't think seventeen HMR is powerful enough to to push three thousand. Um, so another a, possibility is it could be some some obscure wildcat that I'm not familiar with. I'll tell you that it's not a wildcat round. Okay. I don't, I don't think Mike is that a wildcat. No, it's not a wildcat round. And it's not going to be twenty-two Hornet because twenty-two Hornet is not rimfire; it's centerfire. Oh. Um, I don't. Mm, I don't think it's twenty-two Magnum. 
I'm going to, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to see, I'm just going to say 17 HMR, even though I know that's not it. Mike, read the answer for us. 17 Winchester Super Magnum WSM rimfire cartridge. Uh, it shoots a 20 grain polymer tipped projectile at over 3000 feet per second, descending from a concrete nail gun. This cartridge holds the world title for the fastest rimfire cartridge. Wow. Nice job, Oliver. That's well, Oliver from Elisa Viejo. Uh, you're going to get uh, – that's perfect because you're going to get gun prom tickets uh, at uh, Orange County's gun prom, which is coming up in May. Very, very cool. Okay, so 17 Winchester Super Magnum. Um, yeah, great question. Tough question. It's polymer-tipped projectile. What's this why, – why would they – why do they – polymer tip the projectiles uh, that's just going to be like a v-max bullet or equivalent um it's like all all the uh all all the all the flavor of a hollow point but half the fat if you will um it, it's more aerodynamic than than a proper hollow point so does that does that help it get to three thousand feet per second um it's going to help it retain that velocity nice okay cool all right um Excellent, excellent information. Uh, sorry that you got stumped. Mike Pettengill is a big fan of the show. He said his one wish coming in is that you got the question right this week. Of course, you didn't. Oh, well. Yeah. Great. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> little, little tear, Sam. Little tear. <laughs> so uh, what? let's talk about your article. What did you write this week? Um, this week's blog post was about the uh, – the caliber everyone loves to hate, 40 Smith & Wesson. I liked this article. <laughs> the caliber that everybody loves to hate, so talk about it. So um, I, you know, working in a gun store, I, I have observed that, like, pretty much the only thing gun guys love more than shooting is arguing. Um, and we can't shoot all the time, so we have to spend the rest of our time arguing. And a perennial topic of argument is 40 Smith & Wesson. Some people swear by it. Usually people with a law enforcement background swear by it. They say it's, uh, you know, it's the final word in stopping power and you get the best of both worlds, the capacity of a nine millimeter and the power of a 45. Other people say, um, other people such as me, say that the world would be a better place if 40 Smith & Wesson had never been invented because it's just a waste of time and resources that could be put into other rounds. But... Um, so in, in the blog post, you can all read it on the websites of uh, all the organizations, SDCGO, IEGO, and OCGO. Um, and so I just I go into the history of the 40 a little bit and talk about, first of all, why it exists, and second, why would anyone choose it, and why would someone pass it over? It had, the 40 cal is kind of the nickelback of, of ammo. People, You know, it just kind of got fun and cool to, to hate it. So, you know, yeah. so everybody just kind of jumps on it. You yeah, know? you could you could also say it's like the Nickelback in that, like, it's it's kind of a meme at this point that yeah. everyone hates it, yeah. but a lot of people can't really articulate why. I, I remember just, when I bought my Glock, I, see, I bought my Glock in 98. That's when I became a gun owner. It was early 98. So that was, that was peak 40, pretty much. I was about to say, everybody was hot on the 40 back then. Everybody was hot on the 40 back then. Um, and it was kind of, they were kind of, I'll be honest with you, they were kind of snooty about it too. You know, oh, I got a 40. You just you just went with your 9 millimeter? No. Oh, oh, eh. So part of me uh, doesn't feel bad for them at all. <laughs> but my understanding is, um, and I can't remember if you included this in the article, but part of the death of the 40 was uh, Afghanistan. Um, Afghanistan and then Iraq 
they were um, sending federal law enforcement over to uh, you know overseas, um, you know in Afghanistan. So they're basically on a military base, and the military wasn't using forty; they were using nine. And it, the federal law enforcement was, was using forty. But now they're out in the middle of the desert, and they don't get they don't have rounds, so they all kind of switched over to nine millimeter. That's my understanding. Is that is, is that how how accurate was that? So um, I didn't mention that in the article. I, I focus. Sorry, in the in the blog post. Excuse me. It's not an article. Um, it's a blog post. Yeah. But I I really focus more on the the domestic law enforcement and civilian side of it. Um, but one of the one of the really cool things about forty that I actually didn't mention uh, that maybe I should have is that if you're interested in a forty, um, like let's say you have a big supply of ammo or something. Um, or just for whatever reason you want something in 40 Smith and Wesson, you can pick up one of the guns really cheap because all these law enforcement agencies surplused them out. And a lot of people who had 40s got rid of them and moved to nine millimeter because the ammo is cheaper. So you could like, I don't know how it is in California, but on this side of the country, you can get uh, a Smith and Wesson M&P in 40 for like 300 bucks wow. pretty much used. Um, and the ammo, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of law enforcement guys out there from agencies that used to issue forty who are sitting on thousands and thousands of rounds and don't have anything to do with it. That's what holds up my bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mike, you a fan of the forty? <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple. I like them. What's what do you got? What's your what's your what's your main what's your 40? favorite gun? <laughs> well, we got, old we English. That no, that's a whole different kind of forty. I got a a, a Glock and a and a shield that are chambered in forty. Oh, nice. Yeah. You like them in particular? Or? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's the happy medium between the the the, the arguments of the stopping power and the uh, magazine capacity. We, well, we as a community make mountains out of molehills. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's just ridiculous. It's it's a fine shooting firearm. Like I said, like I said, I really truly I just thought of that here while you were talking, but they are kind of the, they're the Nickelback of of ammo. You know, it just kind of got cool and fun to make fun of them and. But yeah, they're fine. They're awesome. Yeah, and I don't think there's any any subgroup in uh, in the U.S. that argues about dumb stuff more than gun owners. Yeah, truth, truthful. Maybe I, I think we rival only uh, Star Trek fans, car guys. <laughs> I, at least I don't Argue know. Maybe cars. What do they argue about? What's like? What's a big argument in the, in the car world? Theirs is better than yours. <laughs> well, I mean, really? Look how much you gloat about that Jeep. I love my Jeep. I know. The only guy I know that has a tow truck following him everywhere he goes. <laughs> All right. We're going to end on that note. I think we should. Jerk. Ah, jerk. Mr. Jerk to you. <laughs> hey, folks, subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. And please support all our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International, U.S. Concealed Carry, Remember, you can see us on all of the uh, YouTubes. In fact, you can see the top of Action Jackson's head for a whole two hours. Uh. Hey, he's got a great patch. And a big, big thanks to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Action Jackson, and our mixologist in the box, Brendan Thomas. Hey, don't go anywhere. Bob Siegel's in the house. Got a great story lined up for you. Don't forget to tune in and Join San Diego County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners, Orange County gun owners, 
Because we can't win unless we all fight together. Yeah, and check out www.the-ppa.com. Mike Pettengill from Personal Protection Academy. Thanks for being in the studio today, man. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.